Hey everyone, Mike here. Before we start the show this week, I wanted to let you know that the coolest thing in the world is happening. The I Read Comic Books Year 4 Kickstarter has begun. I know many of you have been asking about it, but it is finally, finally, since January when we announced that we were going to probably do it this year, it is finally here. This is our first Kickstarter. We've got some goals that we're trying to buy new equipment and a few other things, and we want to try to hit up as many comic conventions as we can in 2018, specifically Emerald City Comic Con in March. If you have a second, head over to ircbpodcast.com slash ks2017 and check it out. We have stickers, t-shirts, hangout sessions as rewards, as well as letting you craft an episode of our show. Or if you're absolutely insane, you can be on an episode of I Read Comic Books. So head on over to ircbpodcast.com slash ks2017 and let's make this Kickstarter as successful as possible. Now onto the show. Welcome to the I Read Comic Books podcast. I'm your host this week, Kate Scotchless, while Mike is away playing at the New York City Comic Con. This week with me are Nick White. Hey. And Brian Murray. Hello. So as always, it's been a great week for comics. What have you been reading, Brian Murray? Well, uh, this week I finally caught up on all of my backlog. Wow. Wow. So what? I officially have uh, no more unread comics sitting around. I do have, I do have two weeks of comics to pick up from the comic shop, but uh, we're just not going to think about that. It would take me like a week of doing nothing but reading to catch up on all my backlog. <laughs> like, well, I have very little to do. Um, I mean, that's, that's helpful. The main feature of my, my catch-up process has been uh, Dr. Afra. So I think I read nice. I read the annual, and then I read issues 9 through 12, I think. Whatever the most recent one is. You're um, more caught up than I am. It's very cool. Um, it begins with her trying to set up an auction to sell the, uh, <laughs> the ancient Jedi Knight crystal that she's been dragging around space. Just put that shit on eBay. <laughs> right? That post's going to get taken down real fast. <laughs> Yeah, which the uh, the annual actually leads into this arc. So if you have the annual and these issues and you haven't read these yet, uh, reading the annual first is not a bad idea. It doesn't hurt anything if you don't. Did you but, read through the Screaming Citadel crossover? Yes. Did you ha- read the Star Wars episode or issues too? I did. Okay. Yeah, Brian, are you a fake fan or are you, well, you know... <laughs> No, no, no. Here's the important I'm question. A fake, I'm a fake Do fan I need girl. to purchase those Star Wars issues, or will it make sense just following? Like, is it one of those crossovers where you can keep just reading your one book, or no. do I really have to go? It it will not make sense if you're okay. just reading Afra. However, I Ugh. believe it's probably that... like reading Vader down, you know, yeah. In, yeah. in the same fashion. It's just not going to work. I believe that the trade for the Screaming Citadel is actually coming out this week. So. What? Okay. If that's if that's more your that style, time. keep your eyes open. Yeah, I get I get the singles of Doctor Afra, but I maybe will just look at the trade for the crossover for getting those other issues. We'll see. And I could be wrong about that coming out this week. That's just something that I thought I remembered seeing. So <laughs> in, in a fever salt, dream, as always. <laughs> Do you read anything else? Or you read a lot else? I mean, we what must. We must have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. 
but for the oh uh mighty thor i finally caught up on mighty thor as well yeah uh some pretty cool stuff going on in there i liked how uh volstag whatever his name is got turned into just an unstoppable killing machine for a couple issues there uh i won't say too much more about it in case anybody is averse to those spoilers but it has remained pretty good yeah the previous the previews catalog are making me worried that they're going to take Jane Foster out of the role of Thor, which would be a real bummer for me. From reading these issues, what it seems like is happening is that she's basically choosing to take up the mantle of Thor completely and oh. just not be Jane Foster anymore because, you know, gotcha. Jane Foster is almost dead from all the cancer. Right, right. Yeah, I actually picked started reading this series because it was when I had like it started just when I had started having to do the chemo shots in undergrad, which was real sucky, and it was like the greatest thing that reading a comic about someone like dealing with all those shit too, except like the total escapism of how she could just pick up the hammer and not deal with it. I'm like, dude, I need that. <laughs> well, how about you, Nick? Well, um, I, I, I didn't read that Doc Aphra um, Darth Vader fan fiction you sent me, Brian, but uh, I'll be getting on that real soon, trust <laughs> me. Love, it, uh, it, uh, it finds a way, Brian. So. Well, not everybody can have my taste. Y'all need Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I read Briggsland uh, Lone Wolves number 3, for starters. This is a book by Brian Wood with art by Mac Chatter for Dark Horse. Um, it is the second miniseries um, of this uh, book, and it has a lot to do with this uh, family, or not really family, it's more of a large-scale community uh, that lives on their own, uh, sort of free from government interference, or they want it to be free from government interference and just do whatever they want. And of course, for better or for worse, there are criminal activities involved with that too, such as money laundering and whatnot. Um, I believe it's due to be adapted into a show by AMC real soon, um, but I, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this run. It's definitely very different. Um, this run up to this point has had to deal with a pair of hikers in the area who, well, I was going to say they don't really pay attention to where they're, where they're going, but maybe they were just unaware of the whole compound thing, but they just end up you know, traipsing onto this property, and of course they're taken uh, hostage in a way, and, and the, and the the Briggs land, uh, the Briggs family has to sort of decide what they're going to do with them and how they're going to handle the situation, uh, especially when those people are publicly reported missing uh, to the authorities. Um, what I really find interesting about this arc is that Brian Wood pulled a tactic he did with Rebels, which was that it's it's more technically a five-issue miniseries than an arc, because partway through the miniseries, as I just said, I just read issue three, uh, the, the story ends with issue three. Um, and for the remaining two issues, it's going to be one-shots um, with rotational artists focusing on sort of more bit players or um, sort of more low-level simultaneous events that happen at the same time as the main events. So he's done this before, and so I, that's why it didn't completely catch me off guard when all of a sudden I saw the end, and I'm like, you got two issues left. What the fuck? So... Um, <laughs> It's an interesting tactic, and, and, and I'm eager to learn more, especially with issue four having Vanessa Del Rey on art, who did some backup work on Riley Rosmo's Constantine run and also drew uh, the hit uh, the hit comic for Boom Comics. 
So I read that. Uh, I read The Damned, number four. This is a book by Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt. Um, I'm embarrassed to say that it took me several issues of this book to actually figure out that it's the exact identical team from The Sixth Gun, uh, which is kind of funny because you'd think after after doing a book with these other people for seven plus years, you'd be like, you know what? Taking a break from you guys. <laughs> just, uh, just had enough. But um, they're back at it again. And uh, what's really curious with The Damned is that they actually all did this book together. Actually, Bill Crabtree didn't because the original uh, The Damned was not colored. Um, but they did this all the way back in 06, um, before The Sixth Gun even came out. And so this is, oddly enough, a follow-up 11 years later. Uh, and if you aren't aware of what it's about, uh, it involves prohibition and gangsters and uh, demons, because that's usually the natural third uh, member of that group. Um, and it has to do with this guy uh, whose name is Eddie Al Alphonse Alighieri. Clearly, we have a Dante reference here. Yeah. Uh, and he has been cursed in such a way that whenever he dies, um, whoever touches him after he dies takes his place. They take on all of the wounds and everything that's happened to him, and they die, and he comes back to life. And um, apparently this is a curse, uh, and not like <laughs> a super sweet power, but it's, a, it's an interesting story mechanic. And of course, when you start to really ruminate about it, you can think of all the different uh, interesting what-if scenarios you can do with that, especially with the cho with the people that you choose or don't choose to inform the um, of this weird little quirk. So I really enjoyed that. Um, the miniseries that happened in 06 is sort of a preface. Um, that's on sale for 10 bucks right now. It's real cheap. Um, I've really enjoyed this run. Um, but the one book I really want to talk about uh, is Secret Weapons number four. This did come out maybe two weeks ago. It's been out for a bit. I only recently got my hands on it. Um, of course, this is the last issue of this book from Valiant Comics with Eric Hessier on um, writing. Uh, he, of course, wrote the film Arrival. Um, and Raul Allen with Patricia Martin on art. Uh, and as Mike puts it, uh, yes, this book is effectively sort of X-Men. Uh, in a lot of ways, it's sort of a, a reject group of X-Men, which I guess maybe they're all... Re no, Wolverine's, Wolverine's not a reject to anyone. This, these, this group has a set of powers which are questionable in their ability to be useful. Let's put it that way. Um, one of them can talk to birds. Uh, another one has the ability to turn into stone, but literally when he turns into stone, he cannot move again <laughs> until he <laughs> turns back. Uh, so he can basically Medusa himself. Um, and then we have one guy who can just make things glow. That's it. Uh, okay, he touches then. something and he can give it the property of glowing. That's it. Um, <laughs> there would be another nice knock on him, but I don't want to give away any story elements. Uh, and then the fourth guy um, has the ability to conjure any item from air. The problem is he never knows what he's going to get. So it's a whole Forrest Gump chocolate scenario all over again. This so, sounds like the worst X-Men ever arc. 
It does. It does. No, I totally agree. Mutations. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought you literally meant the book, the worst X Men ever. No, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. You did. That arc where there's like, hey, I have armor skin, but not super strength, so I I I can't stand. I can explode, but just once. Um, (laughs) Just once. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It was a really heartfelt conclusion. Um, They managed to play, let it play into the broader um, Valiant universe. Um, beautifully, beautifully drawn, uh, and really just a really, um, in a weird way, as much as I hate using this word, it's sort of a heartwarming story um, about the idea that uh, just because someone doesn't necessarily consider you um, useful or helpful or powerful, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that with a little bit of time and effort, um, you can become something greater. So, um, I don't want to give any any more way beyond that, but it's a fantastic book. It's pretty approachable for new readers. It's only four issues. They're all out at this point. Um, so get on it. Uh, what what about you, Kate? What have you read? Well, it's been an exciting uh, week here for me because I moved yesterday and midterms are next week. So I've been super busy, but in my bits of downtime, I have read... Um, Let's see, Fatale Volume 1, because that was the book of the month for this past month for the Goodreads group. And then I've started rereading Hellblazer Original Sins, which is this month's uh, book of the month. Then I have on deck The Long Halloween, because that's the podcaster's pick for this month, um, which is pretty exciting. I don't know, for those of you who do the Goodreads group, you'll have to let us know what you think. We're where this month we have two picks, essentially. One is the one the group votes on, which is, you know, works like normal, the book of the month. And then one is the podcaster's pick, which the people who are recording the episode on it are picking out what they want to talk about. And we're still discussing that as a group on the Goodreads group. So there's functionally two discussions. And that should be fun. As so far, I really like having the uh, extra discussion content. That's That's been nice. So... I also reread Charmed Volume 1 in preparation for this episode, talking about our, we're going to talk about in a little bit, our uh, comic book collection, Prides and Shames. Uh, you go ahead and guess which category that falls under. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so proud. So proud of that decision. <laughs> um, and then I picked up uh, from the library The Ancient Magus Bride, or might be pronouncing that wrong, but anyway, volume one of that uh, manga series, You're Welcome, Renee, but that was actually on the recommendation of Jordan, whose advice uh, should never be taken, (laughs) because this book, okay, first of all, I want to say it is beautiful, and that is why he recommended it. Like, all joking aside, this art is spectacular, and I don't even usually like manga art, Um, but it's by Kori Yamazaki which I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of. So also, Renee, going to go ahead and jump on the Twitter and correct me there. Uh, But this is, the premise is basically like if Harry Potter was a female and instead of just going to school, was purchased and wed by Dumbledore. (laughs) Um, Problematic a little bit. A little. That premise aside, like if you completely... Ignore, which is very difficult to do, <laughs> that that really problematic premise, which is creepy and weird and gross, because especially when you t- take into consideration this is like a girl, like child, and mm. a full-grown dude. Um, 
Anyway, that part aside, the art is beautiful, and it is like a fun, like, learning the magical universe for the first time and figuring out you have powers and all those, like, things that hit the right buttons for me. So I'm probably going to check out Volume 2 if we're being honest with ourselves, though it's not something I'd purchase. It definitely falls in the category of interesting, but library. (laughs) (laughs) And then with all the stress of this week, I stress purchased a month of Comixology Unlimited at like 3 a.m. because they make it way too easy to do that and started reading Afterlife with Archie Volume 1 because it's Halloween and that is just like the perfect mood setting uh, book. Yeah, that's that's a good one. The the issues come out roughly one every two and a half years or something around <laughs> those parts. But uh, uh, that's especially why you trade you, weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this book is the epitome of trade weight. If you read this book in singles, you're just gonna drive yourself insane. <laughs> yeah, I everyone like Bitch Planet is the one that all of you guys are like. It's the worst release schedule ever, and I'm like, get on my level. You just buy it in trades, which coincidentally I picked up yesterday. Uh, we went to Barnes and Noble, and I've been stockpiling a list of all my image trades that I need to pick up because a whole bunch of them have come out this summer in like the series that I, you know, continually always buy the trade of. And I knew that coming up somewhere in Barnes and Noble schedule was a buy two get one publisher sale for Image, and it finally struck. So I went ahead and picked up a whole bunch of uh, trades last night, including Bitch Planet Volume Two. Very excited to read those once midterms are done. And unpacking's done, and life is less crazy. Also, group project. <laughs> never. Yeah. I'm very yeah. excited to never read these books. Uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Christmas break is not that far away. You know what? I was feeling badly before uh, coming on here that I have read just basically little bits and pieces of a bunch of stuff instead of like having real things to talk about. So I added up what I've read in textbooks. I've read over a thousand pages of textbook in the last six weeks. So I've been reading, guys, just not the right stuff. Yeah. Next week, we're going to let Kate actually discuss all of that with you on this show. So uh, <laughs> Have fun with systems analysis and design. Brought yep. to you by me, your really boring host. <laughs> the trick there is to just uh, just not do your homework. It's, it's going to be a real barn burner of an episode, guys. <laughs> let me assure you. Uh, moving on, before Kate actually thinks we're serious in terms of letting her discuss those things with you. <laughs> and we're not. Uh, not yet. We're, the show has what? not reached that point. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Maybe a mini sode, for example. Hey, you know what? You know what? Let's let's put it this way. If those of you out there who want to fund the IRCB Kickstarter want an episode that surrounds that topic, we'll make it happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like, no, yeah. shut it down. <laughs> Mike's shut like, it actually, down. you're not allowed to promise that, Nick. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> uh. Let's let's talk about what we're going to read this week. Uh, for those uh, unaware, comics will be coming out this week on October 11th, 2017. Brian, uh, what are you excited for? This week it's got to be uh, Runaways number two. That's the uh, the new Runaways series that just started uh, with Rainbow Rowell writing it. We've got Chris Anka on pencils and inks and Matthew Wilson on colors. And Runaways has kind of always been one of my favorite series. I read it in college and actually did like a presentation on it for the comic book club. <laughs> like, I Nerd alert. I held a room full of college <laughs> students hostage to talk to them about this comic book for for like an hour. So well, awesome. I guess you could say I'm invested. Have you read any of Rainbow Rowell's books? I have not. 
my wife has several of them on the bookshelf and I always mean to pick them up but uh, I'm uh, illiterate so I don't do that I, I think if you ever decide to read one you should read fangirl I think you'd like it yeah like I know that I would like it if I picked it up but <laughs> just got, it doesn't have pictures so it's dead to you I've got other stuff I want to do and I like audiobooks because I can listen to those and do other stuff that's fair. Whereas picking up and reading a textbook requires me to only do that thing. And when your ADHD is as bad as mine, that's a difficult task. Yeah, that's fair. What about you, Kate? What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to Baking with Kafka by Tom Gold. His his graphic novel, Mooncap, was nominated for an Eisner, and I was super bummed when it didn't win. Uh, he's published by Drawn and Quarterly, and these are collections of his, this one is a collection of his uh, cartoons for like The Guardian and New York Times and all those things. Uh, so it's not like a narrative graphic novel through that. Um, when is it out? Like, who knows? I'm I'm including it in this week's episode because it's announced coming to my shop this week, this this coming Wednesday. So it counts. You hear me, Mike? It counts. But if you go on Amazon, it says it's already out. And if you go in the previews catalog, it says it's coming later this month, like at the end of the month. And if you go on Drawn and Quarterly's website, it doesn't say anything at all about when it's coming out. So, so con- conflicting reports. You know what? Comics are great, but this happens to me way too often. I'm like, <laughs> I want to I purchase this thing. How do I do it? And then it's like, who knows? Because sometimes my comic shop is also wrong. Like they're like, it's coming. And then they're like, just kidding. So I don't know. But I'm really excited for it. I love his books. I've, I think, read them all at this point. There, I think there's one my library didn't have that I'm still waiting on. Because uh, they are a little pricey to pick up. They're like hardcover or whatever. Um, but his art is unbelievably cool. And it is very stylized. Like the kind of art where you see it and you instantly know that that's Tom Gold's art. Um, and his strips are so witty and I love when I find them in publications and I'm looking forward to having them all at, all at once to gabble up. Yeah. I mean, Moon Cop was great. I read, I read the, um, the free oh, comic read book it? day. Well, I read the free comic book day issue. I haven't actually read the book itself yet, but, uh. You should read the whole thing. But yeah. honestly, I think Brian's the one who would love it the most. It is so Brian humor. <laughs> so, so very, very dry and possibly not. Dry and, di- dry and dismal. Yeah. Like, like funny in a very, uh, dark, dark, dry humor sort of way. Makes you laugh and then makes you go, oh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess Brian will have to pick that up uh, ASAP. Uh, for me, I'm I'm excited for Grass Kings number eight. Um, Nick, you gonna pick this book every every time? Yep, probably. Uh, <laughs> is that is is that okay? Uh, yeah, it's 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 freaking fine. Go look at how many times Paul Jaisley picked Transformers versus GI Joe. I think I'm in oh, the clear. I did Vision every time it was coming out when I was on. So you know whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and there's not not that there's anything wrong with it. Honestly, uh, this week uh, we've got Metal uh, number three, and that would have been a strong contender. Except number two was like. Hey, do you remember Final Crisis? And I'm like, well, I really don't. And it's like, hey, do you remember Final Crisis? And I'm like, well, not exactly. Do you remember it? No, I, not not that well. Okay, well, you better go back and read that huge ass book because clearly DC Metal has a huge boner for Final Crisis. So, uh, 
<sighs> I've got that 400-page book in my future just to make sense of everything. So in that, in so, lieu of that... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to ask because yeah. this is important. Mm. Is this like you're surmising that from the like context that you need to go back and read this or does this mean like include really aggressive editor's notes <laughs> the book makes see here's the thing like uh this this is gonna sound pretentious but uh, whatever um i know enough about batman that what's being referenced frequently is when batman dies in final crisis in the events okay. that surround that and i have a feeling even though Snyder is not the like everyone has to read five you know five different TPBs and and pay their dues right. to understand my books, he's not totally like that. But from what I'm getting about this book, your your mileage may vary depending upon how long ago you read Final Crisis. <laughs> so okay. I'm going to go okay. back and reread that, and that's why Grass Kings is my pick for this week. Uh, this is eight, which is the second issue of the second arc which has to do a lot more with the problem that raised its head at the end of the first. Um, needless to say, there might be someone amongst the Utopia who may or may not have been involved in dubious dealings. I will leave it at that. Uh, anyone who gets a few issues into Grass Kings will already sort of piece part of this together anyway. Um and I really, really liked Seven. It was a super bold issue because literally most of the issue uh, is just um, the two elder brothers of the three. There are three brothers that make up the Grass Kings who run this um, sort of kind of weird hippie utopia uh, trailer park um, compound of sorts. So it's like the other end of <laughs> Briggs Land in a way. Definitely not as militarized. And just this issue of the two of them sort of just walking throughout this whole compound and just having a heart-to-heart -heart about their own personal relationships with each other and also what they're going to do about this other person who may or may not be uh, amidst uh, the community. Um, so it was a very kind of interesting conceptual issue in a way. Really enjoyed it. Uh, very excited um, for number eight. So uh, it's a fantastic book. Um, I know the first arc is wrapped at this point. I do not know whether or not the first trade is out. Uh, it's definitely something you should snatch up if you can, uh, especially because I think uh, this book's appeal and critical acclaim, um, despite the team attached being Matt Kent and, and Tyler Jenkins, um, it still kind of caught a lot of people off guard. I think maybe because it was Boom. No offense, but a lot of Boom stuff tends to run under the radar at first. Uh, and so, of course, it, like, really sold out real fast. And so I know there are people that are interested and are looking for the right opportunity. And to that, I say arc one is done. Um, I think all of the issues are on Comixology for just two apiece at this point. Um, so that would be another opportunity for those who are finally looking for their inroads um, to this book. So this week on the show, we're going to address a topic we've sort of dealt with a little bit before, but never at an extended length. That being, what titles are the pride and shame of your comic book collection? You might say, I don't have any of those. And you're lying. <laughs> you're lying to me. Stop lying Into to yourself. me. Jose, this is all uh, predicated on the assumption that we as, uh, as comic readers could even feel shame anymore. 
Right. <laughs> you know, my, my shame circuitry was burned out somewhere in the middle of the first run of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. <laughs> because I love that book and nothing can change that. Look, I, I, I know I know every collector out there thinks several years in, they figured it out, they know what they like, they're incapable of buying a bad book, they know what the good books are, and they want to put all the other early uh, skeletons, maybe before they had a poll, or maybe they didn't understand how the, the schedules worked or whatnot, they want to put all that in the closet and forget it never happened, but... uh it happened, ladies and gentlemen. It happened, and and we are here to discuss it. Heck, some of us are still buying bad books, and some of us uh, uh, aren't that repentant about it as as you would think. So uh, <laughs> let's let's kick this off. I mean, sh- shame first. I mean, uh. comic book readers and owners they're 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 always real quick to talk about. You know, I've got you know Spider Man three hundred, or I've got Walking Dead number one. I'm so proud of these books. I don't I don't care about that stuff. I want to know the dirt. Brian, g- <laughs> give me some dirt. Get that you get that uh get that um get that bulldozer, Nick White, so manly. I know all of the the big toys, uh all of the the you know. Look, my parents didn't let me play with the little construction toys when I was young, okay? That wasn't really a thing for me. I'm not well <laughs> I'm not well versed in those. A backhoe? Does that work? Brian, Brian, d- dig up some dirt with that backhoe. Yeah, no, I think Nailed we're touching it. on something here, and we're going to go back to that during our <laughs> during our weekly session. But uh, for me, my uh, my possibly my greatest shame is greatest. Okay, uh, it's a series called Technophage, and it started coming out in 1995 from a publisher called Techno Comics. Now that is Techno T E K N O Comics. In case it couldn't get worse, uh-huh. Oh God, no! So just just the most '90s thing you can think of, but uh-huh. I picked it up because it had Neil Gaiman's name attached to it, and this is back mm. when I was still trying to force myself to like Neil Gaiman. Okay, um, force, yeah, Uh-oh. force. Uh-oh. Brian, no, Brian, no. Yeah, I. Uh, okay, this episode's got to pause for a second while we fisticuffs. <laughs> you guys go fisticuffs. I'm just gonna sit back here on my backhoe. <laughs> For those who don't know, I'm like a foot and a half taller than Kate, and outweigh her by her entire weight. <laughs> so I think that that fight is going to go in my in my favor. I'll buy that for a dollar. But no, I mean Neil Gaiman has always just been really hit or miss for me. Like I've read things like uh, uh, I can't remember anything off the top of my head, but I've read things I liked and things I didn't, and this is certainly a thing that I didn't. Um, okay. the The art is cool. That's uh. Brian Talbot and Al Davidson with the artist I was able to find looking it up online. I don't know if I like the art. It's a very hmm. it's a very cool like style of this sort of like grungy, grimy, technological hellscape that the book is set in. But it just wasn't something that I but it's not one of those books that you would like put the cover in a frame on the wall or anything like that. <laughs> sure, it, sure. Okay. The style does not stand without the story. But it's, I, I think it's about like, there's, a, I remember there being like a giant lizard who's 65 million years old and is kind of like the god king of this place okay. and eats people. I, I don't know. I Wait, think, Brian, you didn't like this book? No, surprisingly. I just want to be sure. <laughs> This sounds great. It does check off a lot of boxes on the list of things <laughs> that you'd think I'd like, but sure. 
no for some reason i just couldn't get into it and so it just it sits in there with like the old like 1980s ad and d comics that i also have sure the 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 sum is not greater than the parts i i i assume yeah it's it's one of those things that like if you're if you're really into neil gaiman and you're looking for like a deep cut then this might be a cool thing for you to find but for me it is certainly one of those things that i put in the long box and i kind of like grimace every time i see it when i'm looking for something else just sort of shove it towards the back that hits on an important point here where like the thing about like comic book shames is there's also like i can't get rid of it i paid money for this so it just lives in your closet in the depths of a short box or long box Mm -hmm. for eternity (laughs) yeah that's called hoarding that's uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) by any other name it's collecting but uh it's hoarding um there's also different kinds of shame and so what i'm addressing here is kind of like a pure shame like (laughs) i am actually ashamed that i spent human (laughs) currency on this book I'll, t- I'll tell you what, you know, when, when I have books like that, those are the ones that get put at the beginning or the front of my, my pull box. So I'm like, God forbid if like the, the, the you know, the books start leaning or like the, the, the collective pressure of all the other books is now like, you know, oh, so bending on damaged. you because yeah. it's like, I don't care about you. <laughs> you're, you're dead to me. So Brian, um, good job. Thanks for pointing out that Neil, Neil Gaiman isn't perfect. I'm sure Kate will take that up with you later. Kate, uh, g- give me something to work with here. Um, well, as I mentioned uh, earlier, I I own Charmed Volume One uh, from Charmed Season Nine, I should say, since there's been a shocking amount of Charmed comics for those of you out there who are into that. Um, and the reason it's a shame, I'm not ashamed of being a Charmed fan because Charmed is awesome, but the comics are laughably bad like when i went to revisit this i kept sending screen caps of the art to our ircb group chat because i had i had to share the joy um some of them look like the artist like had a temporary bout of face blindness during (laughs) during during drawing this book because some of the some of the features some of the facial features are yeah, if you've ever yeah. seen those things online of like medieval drawings with text on them, just like somebody like, "Hey, what's a horse look like? A horse? They've got three <laughs> legs and they're shaped like an egg." Yeah, that sounds yeah, right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's very strange because so there's one artist credited, right? And we're not going to say names because I don't want to like publicly bash someone, but but the art does not look like it's from one person. There are wildly different uh, mm. art styles in the book, and some of them are actually incredibly good. I mean, for a, this is a Zenoscope publication. We're not, you know, talking, you're, you're not expecting fantastic art, but some of them are, you know, look like the actresses in the show did, like capture the likeness and capture movement and all that stuff. And then others don't actually capture, um, is it human? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if this was a case of someone who couldn't keep up with a publishing schedule and just did like real rough work sometimes and real really well other times, or if there was really like fill in people. Um, but the scripts are actually, like, decent. Like, they read like you're, uh, watching another episode of the show as long as you just, like, really, really, like, maybe squint and don't really keep, don't have the art in focus. (laughs) Just absorb (laughs) the story. Um, then it's pretty good. Good art art for me to read digitally on my iPhone. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, not so much because I think part of the issue is that uh, guided view makes it even more pronounced because it like zooms in on the part that you're is small and not supposed to focus on. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty fun. There are an, a shocking number of trades. There's uh, I think four for season nine and like three uh, for season ten, and now there's a new series. Uh, Dynamite took it over. And has done a renumbering. So now instead of a season, it's just like charmed number one, number two. I think they're on like five or six. Um, art has not improved. <laughs> I think it's a different person now, but like it's still really rough, um, which is, I guess, what you get with a lot of these smaller, you know, licensed comics that that definitely sits on my shelf and is like, don't look inside, please. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> for better or for worse, I think that book kind of reinforces um, in some people's minds, the idea that um, you know, shows that continue on in comics or, or movies that continue on in comics, you know, any of these things that are <clears throat> capitalizing on a fan base that probably doesn't have anything else in terms of source material to work from anymore. You know, the idea that just you can make the product and the fan base is going to take it, you know, on, you know, without any sort of questions. Well, um, and some of them are really good. Like all the Serenity comics, oh, I sure. love. Yeah. And, and I mean, then I think yeah. I think where it works is for a series that have um a universe that has like endless possibilities for stories. So like the X-Files continuation is have been really good comics. Um the Charm comic like story plot-wise, the Charmed comics work. Um like certain like any of these with really vast universes, so like sci-fi and fantasy especially, it it's I think pretty easy for them to keep finding like just endless stories in that world. Right. And then I think it becomes sort of a challenge of whether or not you're going to produce quality content because like yeah. I said, the How real much money are you going to put at it? Right. Cause the real sad part is uh, some of these fans are so ravenous that they don't really care. Yeah. So, um, I'm definitely guilty of, sort of that sometimes. Exactly. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I think everyone I mean, is. That's sometimes how I pick it's this like, up. <laughs> sometimes it's like, this is all I have anymore. Like, the yeah. show is done or the movie is done. This is all I've got to work with. And, 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 and they know it too. Um, yep. and so, uh, I think when they take the time and they, you know, um, make the effort to make a quality product, it's, you know, even more important in those cases because they don't have to. Um, right people right. like kate will still be buying no i'm just kidding it's, <laughs> it, no it's it's true i mean it's it's a shame but it's true yeah, <laughs> like yeah we're, we're here to confess to you our listeners so i might as well be honest here yeah no i'd probably still buy it i picked up charmed number one when it came out recently sure uh and then i got a wet f- fingerprint on it and sent like a oh, really right. upset text message to nick and like right. pictures of it messed up oh yeah that's good times comics are devastating uh in addition to that i have um like an entire short box of orphan firsts where i picked up the first issue and oh sure some of some of those were like i'm not ashamed of like they were okay series or good series that that i decided to continue in digital or trade weight but a lot of them were like uh this cover looks cool and then you get inside and you're like oh (laughs) oh no (laughs) so I call those book or, uh, books orphans because uh, that's yeah that's, that's what literally I, how I named the box like have written on the boxes orphan firsts yeah that's that's because that's what I do with them uh, yep and soon no, Batman I've, I've will come to adopt them all and then press them into service yeah, yeah and then they'll and then they'll <laughs> come on, die guys. <laughs> yeah. well and, only and every other back, one but... will die 
Yeah. <laughs> Look, the whole Robin casting service is a very complicated thing, so... Um. <laughs> How about you, Nick? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll go a little bit mainstream here. Uh, one that I'm I'm actually uh, pretty ashamed of and not that happy with, um, but I have all of it, which is part of the the shame. Um, <laughs> that you could cut yourself off. <laughs> I've got it all. Um, is uh, Justice League United? Um, oddly enough, this is a book by Jeff Lemire that I'm very unhappy with, um, and the reason for that is largely. I think the reason for that is largely because um, with DC Editorial, this book was actually originally going to be called Justice League Canada because Jeff Lemire's from Canada and he's well-versed in all of the maple syrup and and, um, and hockey and A's and excessive politeness. And and they thought that was going to be kind of an interesting, quirky idea. Uh, and, I, and I did too. Um, so I was really excited. Um, Mike McCone was on art. For those who aren't familiar with him, he drew Jeff John's run on Teen Titans in the early 2000s. Pretty well claimed for that, but, um, the book comes out and I'm not real crazy about Mike McCone's art, but it seemed kind of interesting. And Jeff Lemire created, um, uh, a new original character named Equinox, whose powers, uh, change with the seasons, um, and she was, um, I was going to say, we would say she's Native American. I think they call them the first peoples in Canada. Maybe I've got that wrong, but you know what I mean. Anyway, it was all seemingly adding up to be something pretty interesting. Um, and then after the first arc, you could tell that um, this whole retitling of Justice League um, United was not for nothing. Because next thing you know, they're like, hey, you like this book so far? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. They're like, we're taking this book to space. And I'm like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> we're doing it for like seven issues. No, why? And we're getting a new artist. No, it's going to be pretty generic stuff. Oh, God. Um, so it turns into this stupid space epic. Ugh. And I sat it out. Because sometimes you win and sometimes you lose when you sit it out. Um, I'm sorry. When I say sit it out, I mean wait it out. And the arc ends, and I'm like, all right, Jeff Lemire, what's next? And he's like, well, first of all, Nick, I'm leaving DC Comics and I'm going to Marvel, so I'll catch you later, nerd. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? And then all of a sudden... um, and, you know, this is maybe the reason why sometimes it's worthwhile to wait out a book. I did enjoy the last few issues. Jeff Parker came on the book. Parker is probably best known for... Um, he did Flash Gordon. He did Future Quest. Um, really fun writer. Um, so Jeff Parker jumps on the book with Travel Foreman, um, who did who drew Animal Man, and then Paul Peltier, who drew Aquaman. Um, and he's like, hey, is anyone at DC still paying attention to this book? And DC's like, what book? And he's like, perfect. So he goes with the last few issues and turns it into this insane <laughs> time-warped thing during World War II where time keeps repeating and repeating and it's basically got every single DC character like outside of time and space coming into this from Poison Ivy to Sergeant Rock. And it's just absolutely goofy. And I, I sort of enjoyed that, but uh, still very not, not, not happy with the rest of it. Uh, uh, it was another reason that, like, DC editorial became, like, Nick White's new supervillain, basically. Um, 
we're, we're hearing here is Nick's, like, Nick's origin story. Yeah, like I wanted a book about like hockey and and pancakes and and flags with maple leaves on them, and and then they're like, we're going to space. We're getting a new artist. Jeff Lemire's leaving. Have a fun time. Fuck you, Nick. Um, so that's definitely one for me. Join um, us next week for the Nick White Abandonment Hour. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long one. Um, no, it's just uh, it's sort of if you want to talk about books that you're ashamed of like a lot of those books are just the books where you're like this book is going to get better or the new team is going to change things or the story is going to go in a different direction and you're like let's just wait and see and 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 then it doesn't so like you want to talk about the reason to stay on top of books like this is a perfect reason to stay on top of books because you read a few issues of a book and you're like, I don't really know if this is great. So it starts to fall to the bottom of your pull in terms of like your reading list and you put it off and then you're like, oh my God, this book is a million times worse than I thought because I waited. So um, I only say this because uh, Jordan Pendle um, read about the first two issues of this very book I'm discussing, got all of the rest without reading it. So oh no, what a fun, sexy time for you. Um <laughs> so so that's so I, that's one for me i would say like i also have some that are essentially the opposite of that where there are mm-hmm. things that i absolutely love that at the first few issues i made a terrible choice to not pick them up so for me that usually oh, means sure. digital because if i it's not something i expect to like love and hold and cherish like want to have as a like to collect kind of thing everything else gets mm-hmm. pushed to digital because i have very limited space um, so for, for like the instant one that comes to mind for me is vision. If you've listened to like our back episodes at all, you've heard me talk a million times about, uh, Tom King's the vision and mm-hmm. it is incredible. And it's one of my favorite, uh, books and I've gotten everyone to read it and I don't own it in Fluffies because I read that first, uh, issue and decided it was pretty good i'd keep up with it but i'm gonna read it in digital because it was okay and like it was just kind of like good but not enough like not outstanding where i'd like want to collect it for like the first three or four issues and like issue four ish is where it turns really incredible and that's when i knew i had to have it and by that point everything was sold out Uh so that's how i don't i don't own that one i mean i own it in digital but um that's that was my sad story, and I and when I look at my collection, things like that stand out to me. Where I'm like, oh, uh, a lot of things that I really wish were here aren't. Yeah, yeah, no. In incomplete collections are just Ooh, as bad as hurt. some of the ones you keep. So um, yeah, yeah, it's that fun point where you have to decide whether you're going to go issue chasing, which is um, not not advised. Not advised, listeners. Don't don't go hunting down like one specific issue. It's just going to be probably a real bad idea i would i would throw in there and i've done that a couple times and it's yeah. worked out every You've single time you actually had a really unhealthy streak of luck when it comes to this i'm just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't listen like, to kate like Kate's amazon just gotten sometimes works yeah like the only times i've been really burned on buying books like that have been on buying like fiction novel type type books where they showed up and i'm like the hell is this <laughs> but yeah. I've got a shame, kind of like what Nick is discussing, of uh, giving a book too much credit or maybe uh, yeah. relying on it too hard. Uh, I have this, like, it's almost like a like a tick 
where when I see like a Marvel Zombies book, I just pick it up. Oh no! Oh, and Brian, no! Yeah, oh, yeah. they're, they're no. bad. Like they, they're so dumb. The original Marvel Zombies was like dumb, but also like you know it was like a fun little kitsch thing that they did. Yeah, but it just kept happening and. Like I think they're like, hey, people pay money for this. Yeah, I think just because just like, kept coming back back from the dead. Oh God! Yep, <laughs> you had to, didn't you? Yeah, yeah it was there. It was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, this is really on you, Brian. You, you set him up. I, th- yeah. I think I just like I saw Shaun of the Dead at a formative age or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, like logically, I know that zombies are completely played out, and that we've. We've seen every single zombie thing that they can do, but mm-hmm. every time I see one, I'm like, "Oh, maybe it'll be different." And, uh, <laughs> oh, no. I even have the uh, maybe this time. I even have the the Battle World Marvel Zombies, which is like oh. that shame. I didn't even know that was an aspect of Battle World. Jesus. Oh yeah. I didn't either. Oh yeah. No, there's oh, a man. there's a whole wall. There's a whole zombie part of Battle World. That's like the shame one-two punch. It's <laughs> Marvel Zombies and one of those stupid Battle World spinoffs that, like, a few of them were good. Like, A-Force was really good. Yeah, but, yeah. That's the only one I read. Yeah, that's the only one you should read, I think. I don't know. If somebody can correct me. I'm sure there are other good ones out there, but A-Force is the only one I read that was good. Well, speaking of good, what are your uh, prides in your collection? Like if if you could only show someone one thing, what would you show them? I'm legally not allowed to talk about that uh, anymore. So um, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> sorry. Oh, no, I'm that's kidding. not what Nick, I meant. Nick cinches oh. his trench coat a little tighter. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, thank God, this is an audio podcast. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Xander, you can cut that out if you want. Um. <laughs> Are no, leave like, it in for the record. For yeah. the record. When the cops come, we'll be it'll, like, yeah, just listen to this It'll save episode. Nick some time if he can just play this whenever he moves to a new neighborhood instead of going around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, Nick, go to your shame corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, what are you proud of? <laughs> uh, well, if I, if I have to only pick one, I'm going to pick uh, the Hulk ongoing right now the one with uh, jennifer walters mm-hmm. who's writing it now uh this is written by uh mariko tamaki um art has been john tyler christopher jeff DeCall, nico leone at various points in its in its life but I, i've i've probably kicked this dead horse enough times that everybody knows what i'm gonna say but this book is just such an amazing depiction of a person dealing with trauma and sort of the the mental health aftershocks of losing a loved one and i think that it's a superhero book that explores things that most superhero books won't touch you know obviously we get like peter parker is sad that uncle ben is dead and stuff like that but with this one you really get into her head and one, there's like the little thought boxes occasionally telling you exactly what she's thinking. But you can also tell just like from the way she's acting, like like shutting herself up in her office and watching cooking videos on YouTube. Like that's a classic depression thing. Like doing whatever whatever you can to avoid dealing with what's hurting you. 
and then like the way her her transformation into the hulk has changed so instead of just being a big tall sexy green lady now she transforms into something closer to bruce banner's hulk so she gets the big bulgy muscles her skin goes gray she gets these weird like green glowing scar looking things that's just a really cool huh, that sounds really cool yeah it's a very cool i haven't f- read since the charles soul uh series the oh the yeah souls uh she hulk run yeah 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 no i I should get back into it because this sounds really definitely good. think you should check it out uh if you can't find it at the library i'll loan you my copies but <laughs> okay thanks as long as you don't get wet wet, yeah, wet fingerprints I, on them no, yeah. yeah. I, uh, Kate's got a track I, record. You better look I, out. God, you Old know sticky what? Fingers when I was bagging and boarding and stuff before moving, I like dinged a corner of one of my favorite uh, ones too. It's just like, I'm a disaster. No, um, I'm proud to say I have a new level of comic book neuroses, which is when I go to get my comics now, I check the weather and depending upon the day, an umbrella goes in the back of the car. So I mean, that sounds more like being an adult where you like yeah. check the weather and dress accordingly and bring an umbrella if needed. <laughs> like, Yeah. <laughs> oh shit that's happening um so honestly so i just moved and i'm like right on the county line and i keep trying to figure out i guess i i have to finally just go ask the office what county i'm actually in because if i'm in kent county i have access to an awesome library system and if i'm in ottawa county i don't so hopefully fingers crossed i'll have like all the graphic novel access in the world uh once i get my library card here but we'll see. But if I do, that's totally what's happening. She-Hulk. How about you, Nick? What's in your box? Um, don't, I'd say don't. one of the... Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> you said that, not me. Um, <laughs> one of the things I'd say I'd, I'm probably most proud of um, in terms of like more concrete value than, than sentimental in a way would be um, I have Legends of the Geomancer number one. Some people on this show might have heard about this. Um, But when Valiant did their event, Book of Death, they did a semi-gimmicky thing on the side um, where they said they were going to do a special miniseries um, surrounding the Geomancers, which are these uh, individuals that are um, tasked by the Earth with, you know, protecting and keeping the Earth alive. It's very Captain Planet-y, I guess, in a way. Uh, and the Eternal Warrior is supposed to protect them and does a terrible job and they all die. But that aside, um, this book was, they made the claim that it was um, never going to be collected in trade, never going to be republished, never going to be available digitally. Um, and it was just going to be available in singles. And the trick was that your shop was only going to get a certain amount based on how many orders of Book of Death they ordered. Which is a little bit Marvel-esque, but if you go look at what Marvel hoop-jumping involves, um, entails for uh, variants, it's it's even weirder than that. Because, you know, with, with Marvel, it's like, hey, order 500 Squirrel Girl and we'll give you this lenticular cover of Iron Man, you know. So yeah. at least with this, it was like, if you're investing in Book of Death, we're going to give you something related to Book of Death. So Yeah, um, our uh, local comic shop, if you go to like their 25 cent box, has a billion issues of Book of Death. They probably have a few definitely of, of number one because a lot of shops did order 
relatively big. Um, no, I'm telling you for positive. I've seen it multiple oh, yeah. times. They have one oh, yeah. through four, like tons of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, that being said, uh, it is currently the best-selling um, independent crossover of the decade. So, wow. Uh, yeah, it sold uh, 200,000 copies at least. Um, the the whole That's series, impressive. Not, yeah, not one issue. Indep- but, independent um, meaning so, not from Marvel or DC, or exactly, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's for better or for worse, what what gets termed that sometimes. Um, and so I had to talk to my shop, and my shop's not huge. And I was like, I'm stupid. So what do I need to do to make this happen? <laughs> Did you and, purchase like 30 copies of Book of Death? And he's like, well. If you're willing to pay a little bit extra for the issue, um, because there are other Valiant fans that would, you know, want to crack. So, you know, if you're willing to pay a little bit more so it doesn't turn into sort of like a, you know, speculator sort of thing, um, then then we'll be good. So I, you know, paid a little extra, no different than buying a, um, a special variant or anything like that. Um, and I got it. Uh, I also bought a couple extra copies of book of death because for some weird reason i felt personally vested in a valiant success in this event so by a um, by a couple with, nick means eight yeah, yeah so yeah, here's the thing like, this, here. <laughs> this this story of pride with this one book that i have now which uh confession i haven't even read it yet i uh, <laughs> haven't had the heart to it sits there i'm nick. scared to open it and here's the other thing like i i did not go insane because like i don't have the whole miniseries after the first issue i was like i literally cannot afford to do this again to keep getting this series maybe if i was in a town with a massively bigger shop it would have been subsidized a bit better but not for me so i haven't read it and yes i own eight copies of book of death number one uh two of them i got in new york and they're signed by robert venditti the writer um one of them is a ultra rare uh concept art um one uh drawn by paolo rivera so uh yeah um both kind of proud and also pretty uh, ashamed of that but um yeah it's uh it's 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 a great book i've probably read it eight times so i guess that works um <laughs> yeah so that's that's that book of death um definitely sort of proud of that i guess what about you kate what's your pride and joy uh i guess i i have a couple that come to mind the first one is uh, Witches, which was one of like the first series that when I started paying attention to previews, uh, that was like the first thing that I was like, jump on that before it even came out back when I first got into like collecting singles. And I have the Bill Sinkowicz ghost variant for issue one of Witches. Mm-hmm. And all of my Witches are signed, got, I got signed at C2E2 by a few years ago by Scott Snyder and Jock. And so I love those things, and they're, I think, probably more uh, significant to me just because they're, like, one of the first series I actually collected instead of, like, I read tr- just strictly trades from the library for a couple of years before getting into, like, walking into a comic shop and picking, looking at singles and figuring out how it works and all that stuff. Uh, but I also just really, really love that book. I It's also one of those books where you're, you're like slightly ashamed because I also own the trade and I also own it in digital. <laughs> so, you know. No, that's um, an accomplishment. That's not. It's, it's, to... <laughs> it's good when you have friends that are enablers. And that's why I love Nick White. 
Yeah, um. <laughs> you're welcome. No, no, I think you hit on a good point, which is there's there's a good amount of pride that comes with having a complete run of something, and and you're totally right. When you usually when you jump into comics, um, you're you're like for for example for me like I I love Batman. I jumped in. I started doing singles, um, and like I think I jumped in at like number twenty. So I have like Batman twenty to fifty two. And I'm not deranged enough to go hunting after the other issues, because I know those are going to come at a premium, especially like the first five or so. Um, so there's a real sense of accomplishment that comes when you actually get in um, on a book at the ground floor and like have the whole run, unless that book is Justice League United, in which case that theory isn't necessarily <laughs> true. <laughs> but um, no, especially when it's like an under the radar title and like you have the whole run and you're like, you know, look at me, you know, I, I got in on the ground floor and you know, that's, that, that means something. It's, there's, yeah. a, there's a sense of pride in that. Like I, well, have, I have Descender from the beginning and that, you know, that means a lot to me. So uh, that's one that I wish I had gotten in singles and yeah. I I decided to trade weight it, and I do think it reads better in trades. Mm-hmm. But the covers are just so pretty, and I love it. And I wish it was in my short boxes instead of like just the trade. But such is life. Such is the hazard of making that decision up front. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like what you're saying feeds into like one of the other things I'm pretty proud of. Uh, I don't know pr- proud of, but I that so. I really enjoy seeing in my box. I should say yeah. is I have uh, every issue of Batwoman that's like. The, her is the title, you know, um, including the weird spinoffy ones that are some of them are garbage, like Futures End, Batwoman, and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, and that's actually how I met Mike Rappin, our uh, glorious benevolent overlord, um, was when he was on the interwebs uh, seeing if anyone wanted to buy his Batwoman collection. And I only had later stuff. And so I totally purchased all those from him and then have kept going with collecting the newer ones and all that stuff. Um, so. I, I like that. I mean, like, I don't have a Tia level collection where she has like every variant as well as every issue of yeah. Wicked, Wicked and Divine. Uh, that's like really next, next level. Uh, but I do have all of the issues that I can like go back and touch and stuff. And I really like that. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, that, that level of collection can get a little out of hand. So I definitely see where you're coming from. Um, <laughs> I know a little bit about that. Uh, another one for me would be um, I have a bunch of, thanks to Mike Rappin, really. Um, I, I got one or two, I think, on my own, but the rest was Mike Rappin hunting them down. Uh, Valiant did a thing, I think it was last year, um, where they had a bunch of, <laughs> they had a bunch of cats dressed up to cosplay as Valiant characters, um, and they put them on the covers of books. Um, I have the Faith cat variant. It's yeah. the best. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so cute. And I, if I recall correctly, I know um, some of the proceeds went to a local humane society or animal shelter. Uh, and, and, and those are a lot of fun. And um, So really you have little... all of them? No, I drew a line because I uh, I hate Harbinger. So I don't have the Harbinger one and I don't have the, the Even Faith cats one. won't make you get Harbinger. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> The only thing that's going to make me read Harbinger is when Harbinger Two comes, uh, Harbinger Wars Two comes out next year. So, um, but yeah, like a lot of a lot of variants that I picked out that I'm like, I mean, that's that's why Ninjak Number One stands out a bunch to me because that was one of the first times that I really um, 
my my shop owner was like, well, what cover do you want? And I had never really thought about that much up until that point, because most of the time, or at least at that point, um, like a lot of DC books, like if you wanted variants, you were paying, paying through the nose. And so when my shop owner was like, well, what, what cover do you want? I was like, well, what do you mean? And he shows me, you know, these are the four different covers you can get. And those ones, you know, they won't charge you anything extra. So I've got this glorious Ninjak number one, um, which is uh, sort of the silhouette of Ninjak. It's drawn by Marguerite Sauvage, um, but it's got the um, sort of the female anti-hero Roku um, within it. So like the silhouette of Ninjak, but then she's imposed within the silhouette. You'd, you'd have to see it, but it's it's really, really pretty, and it sort of kind of stands to me as the moment where I was like, oh yeah, now I'm I'm picking my own covers. I, I call the shots at this comic book shop now. <laughs> I have the illusion of control. <laughs> <laughs> well, covers are a big thing. I mean, like, I I, I think you do, take, too, Nick, have, like, a separate section where I keep my favorite covers of books, like, separate yeah, from everything else. Yeah, some of the else. more valuable, valuable uh, books tend well, to Well, and a lot of mine aren't yeah. even valuable ones. They're just, like, my favorite covers. Signature um, ones and whatnot, yeah. That, too. Yeah, some of those. Um but like one of the things I really love that I have is I have a signed cover print that for a Revival done by Jenny Frisian, who's okay. my favorite card- cover artist, and she's I love her so good. much. No. Uh, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> she's incredible. She's but good. um, yeah. yeah, it's it's fun too because it's like a really dark and bloody type of picture. So I like to hang it on my wall and then invite people over. Um, See what happens. This is what I'm all about, peeps. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you see that sigh. Yeah, things are gonna happen. Um, not, not really. But, scotchless and, and uh, you know, putting violence. My out murder there. den. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> come on over. I'm getting less and less confident about this fist fight as the uh, podcast goes on. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy counts for a lot in a fight. <laughs> oh dear. How about you, Brian? My uh, my other pride is uh, yeah. Uh, I found this book non-player from Image, and I found it when issue two came out. And the comic shop had issue one and issue two, so I picked them both up, and I was like, "Awesome! I'm like on board with this comic now, and I can keep reading it going forward. I'll have the whole run. It's going to be great." Mm-hmm. And there was never an issue three. Oh no! And I found oh, it. I have that too. I have one where they turned it into like a uh, anthology where you had to buy um, a big thing for like nine dollars once a month to get your like ten pages of story you actually wanted. So I just have those first two issues. Yeah. It's not a good feeling. This one, the first one came out in 2011. Second one was in 2015. What? So I mean, there might be an issue three in 2019. Um, wait, wait, wait. Are these like issues, like 30 page issues, or are they like? Trades. Yeah. No, they're they're like issues, like floppies. Weird. Yeah. Um and it's it's a huge bummer because this book is incredible. Like huh. the the art is gorgeous. It's this it's this concept that there's like an alternate reality game that is kind of like taking over people's lives. There's they're like people are like becoming obsessed with this AR thing. And so it's just like, it's something that has completely taken over and uh, it was so promising, you know? That's really a bummer. That that never feels good. I've had 
Man, total kind of off topic, but I they cut so many things short. Like Mockingbird, I was super on board for, and then they're like, "Nope, it's dead." <laughs> and Gamora, they're like, "Nope, sorry, five issues is enough. You don't need more." I'm like, "What?" Well, this this is a it's an image book, so it was yeah everything, and everything was being done by one guy, uh, Nate Nate Simpson. Yeah. So he was writing, he was doing art, he was all over all that. And so it's that's a ton of work for one person to do. For so, sure, yeah. If it was just that he ran out of steam on it, I totally get it. I'm not like trying to be critical of him or anything for not putting out more. Right. But I loved what he was doing, and I would like to see more of it. Well, I think we're going to wrap up there. I think we've given an, plenty of people a, a good amount to think about and maybe go back and silently reflect on their own pull boxes <laughs> and maybe pull out a couple books in pride and hide the rest in shame. Uh, and consequentially, I, I would I, I would recommend, you know, go ahead, make a pull box that you put all of the bad stuff in because uh, we, we've all been there where you, you start a series and then you decide it's no good and then you still have a few more issues that come out, and you still have to eat the cost. And then you're like, you're dead to me. I'm never reading you ever. Um, so think about those things. Ruminate uh, on those things. And hey, if you want to contact us and, and let us know what books you're most proud of or, or send us pictures or <laughs> even more so, let us know the books you have that you're ashamed of. We would love <laughs> to hear about it. I am totally game. Totally game you have any of the books from dc comics selfie month in august of 2014 send me the pictures. tell no one no one needs to know <laughs> i have the one of action comics i didn't oh, even read no. the book at the time so i oh. don't understand why i have it and i hate myself a lot for it it's him with a cell phone in one hand and a rescued cat in the other and on that i think we're going to wrap the show for today <laughs> i'm so happy the two of you got a chance to, to air some dirty laundry with me yep so if you'd like to uh keep track of us you can find us all on twitter uh my handle is at brian head i'm at kate scotchless and i'm death star plans you can also follow the podcast itself at ircb podcast where we retweet cool comics related stuff and post polls uh for instance our most recent poll is uh in light of the new york city comic con who is the best con artist right now black widow has a commanding <laughs> lead <laughs> uh well you can also join us on our goodreads group we do weekly threads about what we're reading and uh the monthly show we do discussions in general about comics man we just come talk to us it's awesome um and we also do the book of the months where you get uh, you can help us pick what we're going to discuss in the group and talk about uh, what we're our discussion book for the show. And then if you post that it's okay to use your comments on air, you might uh, hear what you say on the show. You can also visit us at ircbpodcast.com. Please rate, subscribe, and tell your friends on whatever podcasting platform you choose. It really does help new people find the show. And, you know, when we have more listeners, you have more people to uh, talk to about our show, which I know is something that you all aspire towards. <laughs> you can also email us if you have more than 140 or possibly 280 characters worth of things to say. You can email us at ircb at destroythesibe.org. And, you know, please reach out. We love talking to you. If you have 
positive things to say, negative things to say. Uh, if you just want to, yeah, just send all your hate mail. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll 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 make Nick read it first to make sure it's not going to like hurt my feelings or anything. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, then he'll get to hurt my feelings himself, which I know he appreciates. This sounds good. I like this. Um, Infinity Shred is the artist who's behind all of our music on the show. They're fantastic. If you love all those little bits as we fade in and fade out of segments, that's all Infinity Shred. It's fantastic stuff. Look them up. Uh, Beyond that, Mike has some stuff he wants me to say about Xander being great. I'll tell you some other stuff that's great about Xander. I've known Xander for a long time. He's a quality quiz bowler. He's been a great Halo player. He is... um, In addition to that, he's also our editor, and he does a fantastic job, Um, and uh, he's he's the best. Uh, There's nothing else that really needs to be said about Xander. Uh, Love that guy. Otherwise, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you all in the future, and check in next week. We'll have another ep waiting for you then. So Brian and Nick, you both know a lot about the human condition and what the world yeah. is thinking. So this this little uh, game we want to play is going to be really easy for you, I can tell. Uh, it's called Google Family Feud, where I tell you the first few words typed into Google, and you guys are going to guess what uh, the autocomplete says. What are people actually searching for? So your first uh, question is, why is Batman? Nick? You can take us off. Why, why, why is what? Why is man? Why is Batman? Oh, Batman. I, th- I thought this was getting even more existential are, than I thought. What are people wow. wondering about Batman, Nick? Um, They probably want to know if he's gay. I'm going to go with gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Take, take it to you, Brian. Uh, why is Batman collecting orphans? <laughs> Those are excellent questions but actually people are just real uh fed up and they want to know why is batman so popular (laughs) that's actually a real question that is it is an excellent question i hate this game already (laughs) i think batman just came along at the right time to seize on that cultural zeitgeist (laughs) (laughs) all right i've got one okay so this is the uh search does the hulk have Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Pants. <laughs> uh, that's that's a that's an excellent does, guess. Uh, maybe does the Hulk have a team? Uh, kind of. You're, you're closer, but the actual top result is: Does the Hulk have a girlfriend? Oh no! It's a really important question that the world needs answers to. Thank you, thank you, Google. <laughs> and thank you, all the people who are searching that for revealing something about our species. <laughs> right. <laughs> to get to this website, I just typed Google in the taskbar and hit enter. So now Google is just showing up as a Google search result for me. Just like Funny. humiliating and very old person. <laughs> <laughs> it's like where you write where you write a whole question into the address bar. How do I go to this store? Okay. Last question. Why is Marvel? Oof. Um, well, I've got a question that oh, I want is... answered. 
Why is Marvel <laughs> stupid? I don't know. <laughs> Why is Marvel meeting with a paramilitary organization at uh, New York City Comic Con? No freaking joke. Glad they shut that down. But who on earth thought that was a good idea? But no, what the world wants to know, Nick, and you'll really appreciate this, is why Mm. is Marvel better than DC? Oh, (laughs) jeez. Yeah, well. Uh, Listen, I don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. This is Google's algorithm, okay? They know. Uh, I've 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 got one then I guess um maybe maybe I've got a knack for this so uh the beginning is a uh, wh- why does Superman what's the rest uh not just instantly use his powers to fly people into the sun and end the fight I don't know I think I, when you think about these you have to think in the framework of of a Google the search, sorts yeah. of people that are the like a large group of people who have had exposure to like Superman in whatever way they have, what sort of questions would they be having based on that? If, if that helps. I'm going to guess, uh, why does Superman need the justice league? No, uh, it's, uh, why does Superman hate Batman? Oh no. Oh, they're best buddies. Don't, don't even play. Not when the movie's called Batman versus Superman. I know, I know. (laughs) And with a really, really crappy explanation for why they're fighting. Yeah. 